Hello, and welcome to Girls Gone Canon Reads A Song of Ice and Fire, episode 205, Aria 8 in A Clash of Kings. I am one of your hosts, Chloe. And I am another one of your hosts, Eliana. And are you ready for another another episode with the ghost in Heron Hall? Yeah, this is a true crime podcast called <laughs> Only Girls in the Canon. Sorry, I'm just kidding. I watched season one of Only Murders in the Building. Eliana like kind of convinced me without like it was more of like a passing by convincing. She was like, you'd like it. Was it was a soft sell. Uh, yeah. And it was it was fucking great. No, it oh, was I mean, so it was I, I mean I binged yeah, it, yeah. but yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Very soft. Uh, great job, though. It was very well done. I really liked it. To our good buddy Warren, if you're listening, <laughs> which he wrote in tonight, so I know he's going to be listening. He likes my show recommendations, so I recommend it. Season one of Only Murders in the Building was fucking fun. I love I love that show. I think the it's so interesting, funny in regards to like the podcast aspect and things. We produce ours in a oh, very yeah. different way. I haven't like, listened to that much true crime podcasts, have you? I have my own opinions on it. I've watched enough TV on it. It's fine. Sometimes it's just so... And the show makes fun of it a lot, yeah. which is kind of cool. Like, they, they make a lot of fun of the genre, which, I mean, I'm not saying A Song of Ice and Fire podcasts are the highest literary tier of podcasts that you can really commit to, but I'm just saying that they at least make fun of themselves. They get their flaws. They were like, ho, 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 jokes about true crime, but they do have this line in the finale of season one, no spoilers, where they're like... Uh, the only podcast to be investigating as they go. And I'm like, that's us. We're just recording as we, <laughs> we go. Really you know, are. we're changing every day, just like them. Yeah. Things are happening every day that influence us. So, no, there was also that great, there's like a threat to someone to end the podcast before they get ended. And I was like, that's us. <laughs> People are demanding daily end the podcast now. But here we are every day, bravely. Yeah. But you, you could end the podcast for the low fee of. $8,000 a month. Each. 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 We've changed the terms <laughs> since no one took us up the first time. The terms have changed. <laughs> Ante up. Double down. So. Dealer's choice. Royal yeah. flush. I'm just saying things now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's lots happening. You're here to hear about what's happening if you're at the front of the episode. You're here for the banter. You're here for the fun. The glamour. And I'm here to tell you all about it patreon episode this month what what's a patreon episode you are asking me you're crying you're begging to know <laughs> i'm here to tell you every month we have bonus patreon episodes you have to be a vip in the patreon tier stranger or above that's the five dollar tier and up if you pay that or if you're in any of the tiers above that you get the episode we've put out countless of these there's like 60 plus episodes that's hours and hours and hours wow. and hours of content and it's there for you, a whole backlog. And this month, it's amazing. We've done sixty I know, right? episodes. On we've done that. Wow. <laughs> amazing. We've done like almost four hundred episodes. It's getting kind of crazy out there. This month, our Patreon episode is inspired. Shout out to Eliana. She named it, and it's gorgeous. It's everything to me. <laughs> the house that went away. We're going to talk about house went from a song of ice and fire. You're going to love it. You got to get in there. You are shaking your fists. You're like, how do I get this episode? You have to go to patreon.com slash girls gone canon, C-A-N-O-N. That's us. We're the girls. We're going canon all the time. And patrons get a bunch of other perks. Not just that. Eliana, what's another perk they get? 
So, if you are a patron in the Thunder tier and above, that is $10 and up, you get access to our Girls Gone Canon Discord, which is full of fun channels and shenanigans. As well as, of course, once a month we have our brunch slash happy hour, brappy hour, and this month's is on Saturday, October 21st, tomorrow. If you are listening to this on the same day as the public release, it is tomorrow. And we've got something very special. We, as as we said last episode and the episode before that, we've somehow just like really thrown in a lot of things this October. We planned for Arya to be in Heron Hall in October. And by that, I mean, we really, truly did not. But we also <laughs> did. <laughs> I'm just spreading misinformation. Podcasts are a spectrum, you know, they ebb, they flow. Yeah. You never know where they're going to end up, especially when you're following the lines that we're following. And yeah, we didn't know exactly where in Arya we'd be, but we figured we'd be somewhere. And now we're in Harrenhal. And so everything is Harrenhal this month. We're all about the scary castles. But for our Discord brunch, brunch happy hour is kind of fun. It's just a time that if you are on the Discord in the Thunder tier, you can hang out and... It, we kind of call it brunch happy hour because so many of you are from some like all over like you're from yeah. everywhere your your times are everywhere like et pt mt gt whatever t and g gin and tonic you want to drink oh my right. god see Did I make that there's one so up? many time zones yeah. so 3 p.m eastern time is when it's going to be if you log on on discord and your time zone is set in your profile it'll tell you when to be there your time so don't worry about the translation it won't get lost and it's a fun little thing we do some 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 jackbox games once in a while and this weekend will be no different it's gonna be a halloween themed party so show up in a costume don't make me be the only one eliana i'm looking at you <laughs> i was like oh and god oh god <laughs> you better figure it out i'm starting to give you ideas in passing so i hope you start you know thinking about it uh i'm gonna have some really fun tricks and treats for you. We're going to have some Jackbox games, a custom game fit around Girls Gone Canon culture, as well as a Song of Ice and Fire and other fandom fun prompts. So come play that. Winners will get some treats, some tricks and some treats. So we can't wait to see you tomorrow. If you're listening to this today when it's released, 10-21-23. And there's really more popping off this month. Like again, Loaded fucking October. Uh, Red October, if you're a Phillies fan. Thank you very much. And it's hard being from the best place in the world. That's the baseball, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Good job. Eagles, not so great. But my team, the Lions, Detroit Pride, and I don't care about sports usually, but this year's kind of fun and heated and I'm going to bars with friends. So I don't care still, but I just like being right. Uh, You know me, it's a turn on. No, but Lions are having a great year. Yeah, my baseball team made it to the playoffs, which I do. They all make it to the playoffs, unsure, but apparently we we did no, they terribly. Don't. We did so bad Whoa. during the playoffs. You have to win like tiers, like matches, like seated tiers and matches. My roommate just explained it to me, but you have to like win a handful of matches at each team back and forth, and if you hit four. I think the magic number is four, then you go to the next one, then you go to the next one, then you make it to the playoffs. So congrats to your team. 
Oh, okay. That's, that's yeah, ap- not Apparently bad. we did really good during the season, but it seems like maybe people just, like, crap out come playoffs. They're like, we're not getting paid mm-hmm. more, maybe, or something. And they're like, we already did it, and they just, like, give up. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay. Last year was really disappointing for the Phillies. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a really bad time. No, but, like, yeah. y'all almost won. You were there. I was there. I was, like, I was ready. I was, like... Wow, I'm yeah. going to be here during I a I thought it was going to be like partying. Yeah. We're going to grease the poles in the street. Yeah. No, it was sad. It yeah. was devastating. And I've and there wasn't even like riots. Like in Michigan, I used to have like the MSU life in Lansing. Like you would see MSU burn couches and shit. But like Phillies are like respectful. Like all the fans were like, well, that's too bad. I guess we'll just go home. You only get a riot if they win. <laughs> Apparently. That's how it works. Well, that's what they're good for. <laughs> there, yeah. yeah. Well... Besides the Phillies winning everything, they better. Wow, uh, we really talked about I got a shout like, out that we... Real sport talk this time. Holy shit. It's literally been like 300-something episodes, and we just talked about sports maybe We're for different. the first time. Who are we? <laughs> We've, changed. We've changed. That's for you all at this home. This is character growth. If Eliana keeps that in, I hope you all appreciate that. That's like... That's I want lore. them to know that... That's a lore yeah, drop. I want them to know that we contain multitudes. I'm keeping it in. <laughs> women are complex. I just think that women... Okay. Um, so this is going great. Our friend Shiloh, she's been on the podcast before. Go all the way back to Brienne, you'll find Shiloh. And Shiloh is an amazing author and professor. And that girl kicks ass. And, dude, her cats. Great cats. Um, These are not even great qualifiers, though. Like, Shiloh has some wonderful works. She's an academic. She has medievalism in A Song of Ice and Fire in Game of Thrones. And she's putting out a new book, The Medieval Worlds of Neil Gaiman. We saw Neil Gaiman actually like a year ago together with George in conversation in New York. George was with us. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was a great time hanging out with George and Neil (laughs) and first name basis. But Shiloh has a great book that's out. You can get it, but you can also get it for free. If you listen in when the giveaway we're doing with her on our episode that will be out at the end of October on actually, this is kind of cool. Yeah. We're, we're venturing. We're going to talk about Neil Gaiman's worlds, Shiloh's book and the Sandman. I'm watching it. I haven't read the comics. Eliana's watched and read. Shiloh's definitely read and oh, watched. Yeah. Uh, they're guiding me through my journey, actually. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, but they we're all going to get together, chat a little about Gaiman, chat about how you can get a free copy. I think signed. Oh my God, by Shiloh. Yeah, good for y'all. Otherwise, how you can just buy a copy if you want instant gratification. Sometimes it's good. You know, a little dopamine hit. Yeah, I'm excited for this episode. That will be your last episode of the month. It'll be a great episode with some comprehensive chit-chat about the worlds of Gaiman and Shiloh's books. And then next month, we'll come back with Arya. Yeah, and... So yeah, I'm excited to talk about the Sandman and game and stuff. I know that we've like dropped a few things every now and then, right? Like about it. This one will not we'll talk a little bit about mm-hmm. a lot of the things, but when we come back in November, we have something really fun to kick off the month with all of you. We have a special guest. You know, for those cold, brisk nights and air if you are in the northern hemisphere. We are going to be joined by Kissed by Fire's host. B word. Yeah, we also, you know us, we like to collect all of them. We don't just like to get one. This isn't just Monopoly with one card. You know, I want all of them. I also know that there's an episode in the future, and 
you won't get it out of me. You won't understand the POV. I'm not giving any of you any POV hints ever again because we're so close. We're throttling towards the end. You'll never know who's next. But in the future, definitely in the future, we're getting Stefan too. Yes. So you've got to stay tuned. You've got to come back. But we got B-Word. She is so funny. Yes. So smart. And I need you to know that she had one of the coolest Animal Crossing islands I've really? ever seen during the pandemic. Oh, that girl's always on trends. B-Word, that woman's got it. She's got, like, she has all the cute little style tricks, like, one time I came to her island and she had these cute little like heart-shaped rock things going on in style. And I'm like, I had a couple of them too, but I had to Google how to do it. And I'm like, that girl was like born with this style. She was in it. I was very jealous. I was like, I want to have a cool island. So she has flair. She has style. Yeah. And she's fucking smart. I bet her island's like 80 times better now and cooler than it already was. But they have some cool episodes. Like besides her just artistic integrity on Animal Crossing, I need you to know that B-Word and Steph have some funny fucking episodes and some like insightful, insightful conversations on their podcast and as episodes. It's kind of fun. They approach it from a book approach mm-hmm. and not necessarily on a POV at a time or a chapter by chapter read, which is fun. It allows for some creativity and I really appreciate their insights. So I think you all will really appreciate hearing them as well. And I can't wait to have them on. Yeah, I'm really excited about having both of them on. You know, I was excited when they're when their podcast started. Like you said, like they're doing something I think really interesting. So they're both like so smart. And we've had the joy. Of, well, I I don't know if Chloe's also met both the hosts, but I've had the joy oh, of yes. hanging out with B Word in person. So good to good to reconnect. Yeah, one of the first times I met B-Word in person, it was raining. I think it was ice and fire kind of raining terribly. And I gave like a no chance, no choice Brienne style speech about going out to the parties that oh, were happening yeah. at the cabins. Remember that night? Yeah, that was probably one of B-Word's really first few impressions of me. <laughs> and they didn't come. They stayed in the lobby where it was dry and I walked out I and got drenched with- and went to the parties. I stayed in the lobby with them because I was like, I'm not going out in the rain. I, well, I thought I was. I kept being like, yeah, I'll go eventually. I'll go eventually. And in my heart of hearts, I knew. I was like, I'm never fucking going. Fuck that. I think I had a 50% hit. You were there. Yeah, you were there for that moment. That's great. That's awesome. I think I had a 50% ratio of getting people to go with me. I got a couple people to go and we all trekked there and about halfway there a couple people were like i don't remember why i came and i'm like yeah i have that i did not come in the Uh, that right now i was like no (laughs) no when we all did get there though i will tell you everybody was happy afterwards like they were like it was worth it so that's okay that's fine fine. my night was also worth it (laughs) no everybody was having a great time they were jamming with scad and matt from davos fingers Mm -hmm. it was a really fun time so I didn't want to take, that was the thing. I didn't want to take people away from that, but I hoped that people would come together so I didn't have to be the villain is all. (laughs) I was like, I want you all to go the place I'm going so we can still hang out. So it didn't work out, but it's life. I can't believe you resisted my many charismas. I'm very. You are. Very you're very. You're very persuasive. But I'm also very good at being like. My speech was charismatic. I'm very good at just being like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so. We got some emails. Thank you, everyone, for sending some in. I know that I uh, scolded all of you last week for not sending any in. We did get one. Unfortunately, we had like already recorded. But interestingly, it was about something that we ended up discussing. So hopefully that all worked out. Yeah, our friend Alan had sent yes, us an email. We and Alan. actually, it was something we kind of chatted out. Yeah, it was something that came out, you exactly. know, that we were already talking about. So that was cool. Yeah. That was cool. But we've got a couple of other but things. But we did speak. Yeah, we got an email from our friend Jason. This is a new Jason. We've got a couple Jasons, but this one's a new one. 
He's adjacent to the podcast. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he said, I love your podcast. I've been a fandom lurker for a while. I could give you specific positive feedback, but honestly, I like it That's all. Great. I love, I love this. That. More of Thank this. <laughs> We're going wild. Critics are going wild. This is a great email. Something very specific. I hate, uh-oh, when people laugh too much on podcasts. I especially love Eliana's cute little laugh through her nose. Oh, it's basically ASMR for me. Keep up the amazing work, Jason. Okay, that's great, because I also love that cute little laugh you do in your nose. So I don't even think about it. He's just like me for real. I Now I'm, like, yeah. self-conscious now. You just did it again! Now I'm like, now oh I'm like I, can't laugh, I can't laugh ever again, because I, I'm thinking about it too hard. I can't. I can't. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I, I'm going to change my uh, life. Jason, thank you. <laughs> I actually don't know if I can. Can people do that? Anyways. Um, You're going to Gone Girl, Gone Canon. What? You're about to Gone Girl, Gone Canon. Change your laugh, change your identity. Oh, I still haven't watched that movie. Should read the book and watch. Should we read the book and watch it? Anyways, that's another time. Thoughts, thoughts. It's been floated by my roommate before. Oh, really? That we should read Gone Girl and watch Gone Girl and then Gone Girl, Gone Canon. I <laughs> actually for, think we should. I think it's a good just idea. Just to really make the name confusing. You have to. The novelty. I mean, Gone Girl, Gone I Canon. I like that actress. That's a, I forgot her name. I'm not good with actors. It is a great movie. Though. Yeah, I hear it. People were like all about it. Rosamund Pike. Yeah, I like her. People were all is about that, that movie yeah, yeah. when it came out. People love quoting it. They quoted a lot in the makeup subreddits. <laughs> yeah, because we're cool girls. We're cool uh, girls. Oh my gosh. Thanks, Jason, for letting us find the cool girl within us. Yeah. We got another email from our friend Warren. Again, featuring prominently in the Aria episodes. It says, Moms, what a peerless episode I've just listened to, and how great a guest, too, Sanrixian, was simply perfect. I particularly True. loved Chloe's monologue on the perceived value of Ari's wishes and the discussion around how her choices are naturally influenced by her age, even if she is forced to grow up rather quickly. So I'm going to set some context for this next paragraph from Warren. Uh, I'm not taking this out, but but I left the part where, where I guess Chloe calls out uh, one of Warren's signs. Warren said he had small ears. Yeah, he said, My little ears are tingling. And so, anyways, Warren says, My proportionally shaped eyes, okay, ears, I audible, moved immediately to the next chapter scheduled for coverage. And there are some points I'd like to share with you both. I love George's introduction to these chapters. His language and very particularly choice of words really make it feel like you are in Heron Hall with Arya. The particular use of the words confusion and clangor give a sense of mayhem and noise. Early in, Arya gets excited when Weeze promises her some KFC later. Is that really chicken? And Gendry is back, giving Arya so a reality check. He tells her to watch her mouth as Hot Pie thinks he heard her scream for Winterfell. She thinks of escape, going so far as to formulate a plan, but fear of Weeze and the Vargo hold her back. We hear more talk. The the Vargo Hote. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that he said the Vargo Hote. Warren like, really regards and rates Vargo Hote. Continue. <laughs> Misinformation about Warren. <laughs> we f- hear more talk of giants amongst the Star Coast. I've talked about that before, and the mythological references across many cultures to giants. 
Which always grabs my attention. Arya's principles and core beliefs remain strong, and she doesn't like liars as she realizes Weiss may not share this bargain bucket. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And based on this, she makes a decision that will make her prayer a little shorter. As she says her prayer towards the end of this chapter, it's interesting that she's doing actual needlework, and also interesting that as Tywin rides out, she feels like her wish was wasted. Looking forward to hearing more of your thoughts and so, so, so enjoying this Aria coverage. Thanks, Warren. I really love this email and it actually, no, it, it, there's something in it great when she's doing her needlework. I was thinking a little about that and I couldn't think of anything too much deeper about it like when I read it, but I was like, oh, interesting. She's doing needlework while everyone like, I don't know, there's something like about stasis, right? And something about... You know how, like, politics with the spectrum of, like, liberal to, like, conservative and how, like, Democrats aren't always all the way at the left, right? Like, there is a spectrum of whether you're all the way at the left or if you're more centrist on some certain ideas. And, you know, it's not like a real straight, straight line. But there's something about stasis of people who settle in the middle that are caught in the right place at the right time with the right circumstances. Uh -huh. And they're able to think that a more central position is okay or a more neutral position is okay. And we see that with, like, Walder Frey, right, who's very centrist. He's like, ah, whoever hooks me up and gives me some tax leverage and feudal obligations lessened, they're my boss now. And I'll just kill someone or betray someone. Arya, in this chapter and the next chapter, like, she kind of, you know, gets the Northmen in charge and gets Roose Bolton in charge, who is, like, he's not really a super lefty governor you know of the castle he's kind of like an interesting Roos is like those people who like socially liberal fiscally conservative you know like he's not a super progressive man he's like flay you today pay me tomorrow he's in fact I would argue like in many ways very conservative right he's like I keep the old way yeah. and I'm gonna bury I'm gonna choose this person's he's wife. He's like the problem. Yeah, he is the problem. He's like, mm, a quiet people. And I'm like, you cut out their tongues. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. saying that Arya needs to understand the geopolitical nature of the North and the South during wartime because she's like fucking nine. I'm not saying her of all people, but it's interesting because the oh, next yeah. chapter she's like, I did it. The North men are in power. And then she's like, I'll just go to needlework. And she actually literally, because to survive, she has to hem her clothing I'm not looking down on needlework. Like, needlework is actually important. Someone's got to fucking make the clothes yeah. I wear. I don't make them. You know, like, that's an important thing. Like, you got to wear clothes, dude. It's like, a, it's illegal not to. But, um, in most circumstances. But, you know, like, Arya is hemming her clothes, fixing her clothes that got ripped up during all of this. And she's doing needlework while the Northmen all arrive. Oh, that's true. I was, I had it as, like, you know, she's doing needlework. And as she's doing it, she's murmuring her prayer of all the people she mm -hmm. wants to kill, you know? And, like, it's the needle, right? Sticking with the pointy end or the desire to do so with all these people. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, I want her to, like, learn the... understand the, the importance of it. Of which, which She thing? can sew her prayer still. Oh, yeah. Of sewing. Yeah. No, you're right. Like, it's important, too. I think that's part of it, too, that she's, like, sewing her shit together. I think she understands it's important, or she will at least later on. It's more like... There are a lot of things in life that are important that, that I'm just not good at. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Sleeping. Me or Fuck. you? Me. Oh, yeah. 
You're good at a lot of things. I don't know, know. but sleeping, it depends on the time. But yeah, but yeah, like, I mean, there's a lot of things. I'm the ghost in Heron Hall. So it's a great, it's a, it's a fun chapter. Really sets the stage for, yeah, I mean, what's coming up. Yeah, next week, we're going to have some chaos to get through the B word. I'm hyped. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into our lightning round. You know, what you missed between Aria 7 and Aria 8, which Eliana already said, are you ready? So here we go. Catalan 3. Catalan's told she must stay to watch a Baratheon brother overcome one another. <laughs> Poor woman. Sansa 3. Sansa pays for Rob's victories. <laughs> Catalan 4. Catalan and Brienne escape Renly's camp after he's murdered. murdered. John 4. At the fist of the first men, Ghost and John find Dragonglass. I don't want it. Dragon ass, dragon ass. <laughs> It's all mm, mm, time for dragon. It's dragon. Ass. Oh, we're grabbing its dragon <laughs> oh, ass. Brand five. The sea flowed over the walls of Winterfell. Jojen dreams. Reek steals Brand's face. Tyrion eight. A match is made between Joffrey and Marjorie, and Littlefinger is sent to secure it. Beyond three. Beyond plants, like most other chapters, to prove himself in the eyes of his daddy. Rip. And that brings us to Arya 8 in A Clash of Kings. Tywin leaves camp. Arya seeks Shocken, finding Whis instead. Dun dun dun. Yeah, here we are. Arya 8, and Tywin marches at last. Adam Marbrand leaves first, riding a spirited red courser in trappings dyed to match his cloak with a burning tree on it. Some of the castlewomen are sobbing, watching him leave because he's so sexy, he's a daddy to them. Weiss is like, he's a great horseman and a daring commander. Arya, however, my girl, hopes he dies. She hopes all of them die. Adam does not, unfortunately, die yet. Uh, They're all going to fight Rob, who recently won a great victory out west. Some say, he burnt Lannisport, or meant to burn it. Some say, he captured Casterly Rock and besieged the Golden Tooth. No one knows for sure, but definitely something big has happened. Yeah, I like the, you know, we got a little reminder there in the lightning in the lightning round that this chapter ties in a little with Sansa's, right? Like, paying for Rob's victory, so you get a, that little through line between the sisters. <laughs> he the warg, you know, that ruined everything, and her, the little girl that gets to accept the beating. Yeah. Wham. Weiss had Arya running messages all over from dawn to dusk in and outside of the camp. She thinks of running and maybe would have, except for, you know, Weiss and his threats of, like, what happens if she runs and he catches her? He's like, he'd save her for the Crippler, for Vargo Hote, the Kohoric, who would cut off her feet. I was rereading a couple Heron Hall chapters later in the mm. book, you know, just for some world building purposes. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled, I stumbled across Jamie 5 where we get a little more insight to everything going on that Jamie, yeah, I think this is Jamie 5, but we get a little more insight to everything going on with Vargo and the political things that are switching. And I love that the Arya chapter does not go into it, Mm. right? Because she doesn't realize what's happening. Uh, It doesn't all move over next chapter because she whispered a word to Jacques and that's not like how things work. It takes more than a handful of men. To do it, it takes a whole castle. I mean, we learn in this castle, there's no one left. There's a hundred people. Everything's slow moving. How can you have a castle like Harrenhal and keep hold of it without bigger machinations at work? So uh, we hear that Vargo likes cutting off limbs 
whether or not there's a reason, but also, Roos tells Jamie, of course there was a reason. Hote is more cunning than he appears, right? He has to have wits about him commanding the brave companions, and Vargo abandoned the Lannisters because Roos said he could have Harrenhal when Roos leaves. A reward bigger than anything Tywin would give him. And because he was a stranger to Westeros, Roos leveraged that xenophobia and said, I'm gonna win this one. You don't know shit about Westeros, you can have the cursed castle, bitch. Mm. Yep. And so, of course, Bolton says that the curse of Tywin Lannister is really the bigger poison, not just the curse of Harrenhal, because Vargo should have consulted the Reigns or the Tarbecks, who are now long gone, Roos says, right? To know that dealing and then betraying the Lannisters is not a great way to go. Will not do great for you. And Roos goes on to say that he had hoped maybe if he went in for Stannis and betrayed the castle for Stannis, that Vargo would then get a real lordship, etc. So Vargo's playing the Game of Thrones heavily. He's got stocks everywhere. He's like, little bit in you, little bit in you, little bit in you. Betray you, betray you, betray you. Who cares? And I think that's some great context and background here for everything happening in this chapter and next. I, I like that also because, like, what you've called out is, you know, Vargo Hote came here. He's, like, hoping to get a lordship, hoping to get Hall, And he's done mm-hmm. absolutely no research whatsoever on the place he is going. And you compare that to, like, for example, Melisandre and Varys, right? Like, there's a lot of things Melisandre does not understand about Westeros, but that woman likes to do research, you know? She is, <laughs> she is out here being like, fires... I'm going to Google search in my fires everything about Westeros. She's a spreadsheeter like me, isn't she? Yeah, I think so. And she, like, stores it all there. And then Varys... Varys also did, like, a shit ton of research. I mean, let's be real. So... And, like... And Varys became (laughs) a lord. Kinda. And Melisandre's very powerful. So... Interesting. There's a lot of that power play, right? Like, even in the Mel chapters, the shadow on a wall and... Shadows are also what you make of them on a wall and out of a fire, right? Everything she reads is like she has to interpret it. There's a little bit of that happening at Harrenhal, Mm. like Whis and Arya, right? Because Whis sees Arya and he sees that yellow cat. He doesn't see shit. He's like, yeah, it's just a fucking cat. He doesn't know Arya can read. And he starts sending her on journeys on little side quests, NPC side quests that you got to finish because... He thinks she's stupid as fuck. He's like, she won't ruin my plans. Arya, go do this. Arya, go do that. So he sends her around. One time he sends her to a knight. And he's like, he owes me a gambling debt. (laughs) But the knight can't read either. So finally, she has to like read him the message. And of course, she's opening and reading these messages as she runs around. That's my girl. He tries to hit her. She ducks. And then she steals a drinking horn, a nice silver one, and brings it back to Whis. And when she gets back to Whis, he's like, oh, so you're a smart little weasel, which this is the first time he's ever been nice to her about her intelligence. Up until now, she's defied him, and so he's just called her stupid. Mm. He says, well, I'll share a plump cap'n with you tonight. We're going to have a burp together. We're going to eat some food. Yeah, absolutely. And it is like the first time he's nice to her. Unfortunately, it is very short-lived. And I, yeah, he promises as, what, what did Warren call this? The bargain bucket. The KFC bargain bucket <laughs> with her. and Not a very famous bull. Rereading this chapter, I don't think I really appreciated Weez's 
job before. Like, it is actually Mm -hmm. kind of impressive and difficult. I mean, in some ways he's the mailroom guy, but he's keeping a lot of the, the whole household going. It requires so much coordination, like, you know, not just ensuring that people get their messages. And he's also thinking about each worker's roots and, like, timing it. And Weiss is, like, actually a very, I think, impressive administrator. Yeah, he has great stewardship skills and just not great leadership. time management and like yeah. not good leadership. He's an asshole, but I mean, you can only imagine he's an asshole because he's been doing it for so long. I mean, I feel like you could do it for a long time and not be an asshole, but I, it's like a great reminder mm-hmm. that, you know, just because someone's like lower down the chain on the, t- on the, you know, Lannister, whatever, they're not just a stupid grunt, right? He's smart and he's mean. Yeah. I want to share a personal anecdote. Okay. You know, this is what I love to do. <laughs> and I will say, so I used to manage an Office Max. They're dead now. They're defunct. They oh, got yeah, bought they by are. Office Depot. I was a sales manager. I wasn't like a manager manager. I wasn't the manager. I wasn't the GM. But I, I was like, I was a underpaid sales manager. And long story short... It's a great job when you have the right support. Like, I didn't mind getting paid like fuck when I had like a good, strong team at the same time. And I could like, I could radio over and be like, hey, can you get aisle this while I do this? Or hey, let's get this set. Like, you know, each Saturday you would have to set an ad. So you'd have to like take all these sticky notes basically and put them everywhere and be like, this is this much off and buy two, get this and da 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 all over the store. And make sure that you had enough stock out in front. You know, it's just like, it's a job. Like, what Weiss is doing. It's a fucking job. You have to, like, put bodies places. You have to do shit. You gotta get it done. You have this much time. And you all want to go the fuck home because it's Saturday at 10, 11 p.m. You know? Like, you don't want to be at a fucking office max at 11 p.m. So, when you don't have the bodies and you only have a couple of people and one or two of the people might be fucking off on top of it, and you have to like manage all that. It is actually really stressful. It is a lot. And it's like when they make you run a skeleton crew and you have nothing, like it makes it hard. It makes you a mean person. And when you see people that have done it for 10, 20, 30 years working at a retail store where they're getting no recognition, they're getting their crew pulled from them, they get no support, like they don't turn into nice people. Yeah. They turn into people with problems. Like uh, that's just real. That's life. I've worked with many of them. I see the the shit they go through and the unhappiness just to have a stable job and like that's Weiss, dude. He turns awful, he turns mean because he's being treated like dog shit. Yeah. I can't I can't tell like if he turns mean or if he's like cuz you know some people are intrinsically like that like Ramsey, right? Yeah. Probably had it in him all the time, yeah. but I mean probably exacerbated it. Yeah. I mean what you're saying it's like it's his version of maybe a broken man story, you know, and he's just trying to Mm-hmm. Be that person who yeah. breaks all these other fucking people. It is. I mean, he could be the steward, but he's not getting that title, right? And they just took away 90% of the staff of Hall by sending them out. Yeah. There's no help anymore. Well, there never was. Like, they increased his load, yeah. you know? Or there's like, uh, we brought yeah. in all these people and all these prisoners. More people are here now. Figure it out. Yeah, I just think that it's interesting. Yeah. Like, it is another form of the broken man being represented as that leverage of, like, you know, injustice and... That variable of just, I don't know, jobs. I don't know. It's just not worth making $10 an hour to do that, you know, these days. And that's what Weiss was doing. Weiss wasn't breaking more than that. Come on now. Nah. But I digress. I digress. Chloe's digressing. He still sucks. But. Yeah. 
I'm not excusing the behavior. I'm just understanding. I didn't think you were, but in case, I don't know. I'm, I'm just understanding it. I get it. Arya looks for Jacken to whisper her next name to him. Everywhere she goes, but he's nowhere to be found in the chaos of the camp. He still <laughs> owes her two deaths, by the by. She works up the courage to ask if anyone's seen that guy at the gate. You know, the one with the red hair and the white hair. Uh, one of the guards is like, he won't be going anywhere if he's one of Amory's men. Amory's been made castellan of Harrenhal. He's gonna hold the castle with the mummers. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Mummers come back in her story. Anyways, in a way, you know, her trying to find Jack in, it's kind of funny. Because, like, she doesn't know where he is. And interestingly... I would say it's like almost kind of a training her as well. It's not part of like her training curriculum, but it kind of is like a training of like, how do you find a specific person? How do you find a target? And honestly, it takes her a lot to to get there throughout this chapter, but eventually she does it. Yeah, this chapter does have a little training, especially because the next chapter, Jack in Caves kind of, right? He's like, yes, I'll go to your Northmen quest <laughs> and I'll show you the whole time though what I'm doing because you need to be able to do that for yourself. Is really what comes up. Yeah, because he's grooming her to join the cult, the death cult. I'm so into that now. I just needed you to contextualize it that way for me to be like, I get it. I'm in. <laughs> I'm part of the death cult. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in the death cult too. The mountain leaves with Tywin, taking her chances at killing Dunson, Poliver, and Wrath, unless she's able to find Jacken and get one of them off the list. That afternoon, we sends her out to the armory for a new sword and hands her paper with his mark on it. Arya takes the paper and runs, and she sees Gendry at the forges and thinks she may not want to speak to him. She's like, it's his fault we were caught, that we're here. Aww. She asks him who Lucan is, though, and hands over the paper, saying, I need a sword for Sir Lionel. Gendry snags her by the arm and says, never you mind, Sir Lionel. And then he says... Hot Pie remembers you yelling Winterfell during battle. And then he's like, I told him you said go to hell. Good one, Gendry. Good, good cover good, up. Good job. Uh, but that's, you know, this could be a problem. And Arya's like, in her head, she's like, shit, maybe I need to kill Hot Pie. I'm like, Arya, bruh, <laughs> chill out. Hot Pie is our friend. <laughs> it's hard, though. She doesn't know who to trust, right? Yeah. Like, that trauma doesn't make it easy that she's considering him as one of her wishes for just a moment to cut ties and cut, you know, anyone knowing her. It's kind of a little bit of foreshadowing in the name of self-preservation compared to what we get in the next chapter when she doesn't tell who she is in front of Rorge, in front of Biter. She doesn't want to be found or be able to be given up. Like Sansa, right, who has the ultimate claim right now. She's like in the veil. She could rouse all these people that knew her dad. And respected him, but she's holding back because she doesn't feel safe right now yet. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and it makes perfect sense for her to to be afraid. I mean, all she's been told by all these people and like a lot of things have kind of borne that out right on the road of like, dang, if they know who I am, something bad mm -hmm. is going to happen to me. Yeah, which mirrors so well with what's happening to Jane. Ugh, yeah, true, behind true, the true. Scenes. There's a lot of etymology happening here at Harrenhal right now that's fun that I want to point out. First of all, she looks for Lucan, who's supposed to be able to provide the sword. Lucan. Now, that's pretty Riverlandsy of a name. Hmm. You know what it reminds me of? 
Lucamore the Lusty. Oh, interesting. Lucan. Lucamore. Luke. I you were going to tell Luceris? me Luceris. Luke? Yeah, I thought you were going to say Luceris. Yeah. I mean, Lucamore's a strong. Yeah. And. Or lichen. Luceris has that Luke lichen. Yeah, interesting. There's the wolf stuff um, going on. Yeah, that was from the Jahara tour. The Jaharis tour. Eras tour. Eras tour. Uh. Got you. And the other name here is Lionel. That's a very Riverlands name. Look at Lionel mm. Strong, right? Yeah, yeah. And not just that, but it does make you wonder. I don't know that we get total clarity yet, but is this Lionel Frey? I don't know. You know, the, the married to a Craycall, son of a Lannister, mm. more betrayal foreshadowing, because there's betrayal foreshadowing all over this. It's everywhere. Very much so. Yeah, it is. Also kind of funny, I don't think... I don't think he exists yet. I don't yet. think this character ex- like was maybe existed yet in George's mind. I don't know, but it's also funny she's looking for a Lionel to to Gendry, because there's a Lionel Baratheon. Right, that's very true. I don't think George thought of him yet, but... By Clash. No. But yeah, Lucan. Lucan brings her along. Velocity. Yeah. It's heavier than needle, and Arya likes the feel of it because she she feels less small as she holds it. She feels less like a mouse, especially because mice she thinks can't hold can't hold swords. But what about rats? What about rats, Arya? Um, <laughs> she goes on Your to find Sir Lionel, not really knowing what the fuck he looks like, and wanting to avoid being beat by Weiss or shortened by the goat. Goddamn! Uh, a group of archers passes her, talking about the Starks, calling Rob more wolf than man and that he has 20 foot tall giants in his army and another man says i don't know maybe he knows something we don't maybe we should run (laughs) real yes Arya thought yes it's you who ought to run you and lord tywin and the mountain and sir adam and sir amory and stupid sir lionel whoever he is that's so real all of you better run or my brother will kill you He's a start. He's more wolf than man, and so am I. Ooh, big Sansa vibes, right? Like Yes. Yes. Like Rob will give me your head. Exactly. I mean, like, I think it's it's there's this beautiful parallel, like, between how they think about Rob as this hero and like beating their enemies. It's also kind of funny because what? She's a Sansa's been put in Arya's old chambers, old rooms, you know, by this chapter too. Torture. It's also kind of funny here, right, where she thinks, like, he's more wolf than man, and so am I. And then you get the quick reminder of Weasel going, Weasel! It's like, are you a wolf or are you a weasel right now? Just funny. Just funny with those animals. Because, yeah, she is interrupted by Weasel, who tells her, took her long enough, and then slaps her when she doesn't hand over the knife, telling her to be quick about it, and then threatens to hit her again. He sends her to the brew house to tell Tuffleberry, which is apparently a real name. Uh... In this book series, according to Chloe, is it a real name overall? Is there a real Tuffleberries? It's kind of an interesting name, and I don't want to spoil. We'll come back to Tuffleberry, okay. but he is new. Yeah, he has two dozen yeah. barrels, and he better come get them quick. He tells Arya to run <laughs> if she wants to eat tonight, and don't get lost, or he'll beat her bloody. God damn it! And then mean Arya thinks, "You won't, you won't ever again." But she ran. I love that. It reminds me of when Ned says about Lady that the Lannister woman would never have that skin. Ooh. You won't ever again. 
Yeah. Oof. I love that. Oh, those are some comfort lines. Do you ever just read that, you know, just to like feel comforted inside? Oof. <sighs> like eating like gravy. It's so good. Ooh, um, there's also this line. This is uh, my Nana makes good ass gravy. I miss that woman. Nana. Nana. So there's this great line that she thinks for a moment she had been a wolf again. But Weese's slap took it all away and left her with nothing but the taste of her own blood in her mouth. Oh, girl, you warging right now? She's warging instead of working, hashtag, like, Arya, are you warging? She is. Like, the line there, it's so subtle, but she absolutely was. And it, it reminds me of, like, what Ara was saying when she came on of, like, more magic, you know? Like, Arya just kind of does it effortlessly, maybe because there's more magic here in the Riverlands. Yeah, and the fact that George glosses over it is so crazy to me because, like, Bran, he gets blood in his mouth, dreams of being a wolf, and you're like, oh my god, woof woof, Bran. But Arya does it, and you're like, anyways, back to Harrenhal, and you don't, you don't linger on it usually, but this is standing out to me. She is definitely warging all the time. Yeah, it's interesting when you think about it also as, like, those, I don't know, a metaphor for escapism, right? Like, obviously, it would be great for Arya. She would like to remove herself from her current situation she wants to escape she mm -hmm. thinks about it a lot this chapter but she doesn't doesn't space off in that same way right she for survival feels the need to be very present here do you know that song by coldplay paradise i don't know that song wow okay well i'm gonna send it to you later but it's important it feels uh necessary here but there's a music video someone made on youtube to aria and sansa to Interesting. it and the lyrics are like, you know, like when they were girls, they dreamed of the world and now real life, you know, sucks. So they dream of paradise, basically, mm. is the theme of it. It's very Clash coded. It's very Arya Sansa coded and it fits in here. That's really the analysis. Like, I don't have much more than that to add, but I just... Valid. We'll talk about it. I'll leave it. You know what? I'm going to find that music video just for everyone listening. We'll put it, in the, it, we'll put it in the show notes, in the comp. Not yeah. a comment in the show notes. I don't know. There's a lot of Game of Thrones YouTube videos that I feel like are really necessary to be a fan of the books and the show. <laughs> AMVs. I mean it. AMVs. Yeah. We did a lot of AMVing in our day. Us old folk. <gasps> oh my okay. gosh. Well, no. Okay. People still do them. They just call them fan cams now. Hey, you know. Yeah, that's true. People that's were making TikTok them about like Luffy uh, from the One Piece Oh, they were making them of the other, like, one of the villain, like, this clown pirate, too, wow. from the One Piece live action. That's so Vine of you. Vine. <laughs> uh. As Arya passes below the stone bridge, she hears harsh, growling laughter and sees Rorge and Amri Lorge's men. Rorge stops and grins and taunts her, and he's like, ah, it's Yorin's little cunt, saying, I see why Yorin wanted to take you to the wall, implying, you know, sexual assault. Arya, uh, of course, is kind of weary during all of this. And he's like, where's your stick now? I was going to rape you with it. And she's like, I saved you. Why are you acting like a rapist asshole? Why is he acting like that? I mean, it's because he's a rapist asshole. Yeah, it's because it's who That's he is. That's who he is. Yeah, he, he really sucks because, I mean, she's nine years old. Leave her the fuck alone. She did, in fact, save For him. I, I don't know if it's like, is it like... It's always, like, a weird power play thing, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, an establishment of dominance, I guess, because he was a prisoner and maybe felt, I don't know, disenfranchised. So he's like, I'm going to pick on the fucking little girl who saved me. He's posturing for the men who, like, I don't know. I, for one, would not be impressed by a man 
if I were another man, but maybe I just don't understand it. But yeah, I would not be impressed by someone bullying a nine-year-old. But, you know, you were saying, like, it makes sense why she was like, she doesn't know who to trust. Because Rorge is exactly proving the point that Yorin told her. These people find out not only that you're, like, a girl, but also that you're the Stark girl. They're gonna rape you before they yeah. turn you in. So. It's pride. It's like you're a Stark. Yeah. You're big enough to keep us down. I mean. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm like, leave her alone, and I don't know, but also sad to say, it's kind of fucked up, but like, it is kind of accurate. There are people who are like this nowadays, and, you know, experienced experienced that, but also, I don't know, after the way he treats Arya here, it kind of gives you some, you were talking about, like, gravy feelings, like, some some nice closure that the one who kills him is Brienne, you know? It is beautiful. <laughs> Something about Brienne saving a Jane, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 that little girl. Also named Jane that, Heddle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Arya brushes past all of these threats of sexual violence, and she's like, where's Jacken? And she notices Rorsch almost seems afraid of the mention of Jacken. Uh, Jacken freaks people out, it sounds like, and he's found later soaking in a tub. And he hears her mouse steps approaching, and she's like, I have a message. And she whispers, Weiss. To him. Jack and Hagar close his eyes again. Floating languid, half asleep. Tell his lordship a man shall attend him at his leisure. His hand moves suddenly, splashing hot water at her, and Arya had to leap back to keep from getting drenched. Silly. Silly. Playing with the kids. She finally makes it to Tuffleberry, which, according to Chloe's notes, it's still a real name. Who is less helpful? Telling Arya that his lads, telling Arya that his lads have duties to tend to, and that to tell Weiss that he's a pox-ridden bastard, and the Seven Hells will freeze over before he gets another horn of Tuffleberry's ale. We should start a brewery and call it Tuffleberry. I love it. It's very Shakespeare. Mmm. It reminds me of something Shakespeare would put in, like, Midsummer, but... Yeah, I wanna say his fate is unknown as of a feast for crows when Jamie lifts the siege at Harrenhal. So, save Tuffleberry. Yeah, wait. Save him. Save Tuffleberry. Yeah. I want... I would I would patron Tuffleberry. Maybe he makes it to the, to the Quill and Tangard. That'd be sick. Wouldn't love that for Tuffleberry. There's nothing to prove that. I just like made that he headcanon up. <laughs> Weiss curses when Arya brings back the message and he ends up sending six men to go get the barrels down to the brew house. It's dinner time. Where Yeah, it is. She only it is. She only gets a thin stew of barley, onion, and carrots with a wedge of stale brown bread. A woman who sleeps in Weiss's bed also got a ripe blue cheese as well, and gets a wing of the capon. But what about Arya's pieces? None. Weiss eats the rest of it himself. But, but there's hope. The bird is almost gone when he sees Arya staring and calls her over. She's like, oh, oh, she starts to feel sorry for telling Jacken to kill him because she's like, oh my god, he did remember promising me some capon earlier. But instead, he has not remembered. He chastises her for staring at him and then slaps her and grabs her by the throat. Like, what the fuck? Telling her that he's going to scoop her eyes out next time and feed it to his dog? Yeah, it's pretty gross and 
it's pretty gross and a little uh, traumatizing to read. Yeah. Especially, though, there's something going on here that I like and not in, like, the, I like that he's threatening this young girl <laughs> way. I don't like that. Okay. Let's, let's be fucking clear here. Just want my little asterisk. There's something poetic, though, in that Weiss is killed by his dogs. He's mauled by his dogs. The very dogs that he's threatening Arya with right now, right? That he's going to feed her eyeballs to his dogs, who, like all women, Weiss treats like in that weird interim area where he doesn't respect them but does respect them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, where he's like, oh, my dogs are everything, but also fuck those bitches. They don't deserve shit. Not even this little bitch's eyeballs. Like, what's the truth? Anyway. Yeah, let them eat the eyeballs, isn't... right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, are the eyeballs good or bad? Like, what's the truth? But you know who else cares about his bitches, a.k.a. his dogs, his female mother dogs, this much? Ramsey. Yes. With another Arya. With Jane. It's kind of poetry. Is this reminiscent of Ramsey's fate that he's going to fall at Arya's hands? Weiss is Ramsey for Arya. Ramsey is Weiss for Jane. That's what Arya's experiencing here. Honestly, it would be really interesting, though, if, like, it were Arya. I don't know. I feel it might end up being something, someone different. Like, honestly, who knows? Battle Winterfell stuff, right? Battle... Yeah, that that will be in the books. That it was not in the show. I guess they had it as Battle of the Bastards, True. but like, no. It, I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Stannis, and who knows how it's gonna go? I truly do not know how that's gonna go. <laughs> and yeah, mauled by his own dogs, and like the dogs also, like you said, like it represents also how he treats all these people who work for him, you know. And in a way, Arya is that dog who comes for him, or wolf, or weasel. Well, she's not gonna be that dog. No. That's for sure. He shoves Arya tumbling to the ground, and then it rips her hem, which is super shitty, and he's like, oh, you should fix that before you go to bed, and then he goes back to his meat. And so in her room, uh, as we called out earlier, right, Arya's saying her prayers while fixing her hem with a needle, hoping that Weez is dead by the morning, and, and it's that prayer, as you all know, of the people she wants to kill with the needle. But Weiss wakes her up with a hard-booted toe, telling her that Tywin's host leaves today, and the castle is going to be harder to keep with fewer hands now. So he's going to get even meaner, probably, because as you're talking about, right? The work <laughs> gets even harder. He says they're going to learn yep. what work is, and Arya picks at her oat cake, and Weiss frowns at her. Arya watches Tywin and his company leave. Tywin wears an airmine cloak. His brother Kevin is dressed super well, too. And behind them are their captains and lords. See if you can spot them. Red ox. Golden mountain. Purple unicorn. Phantom rooster. Brindled boar and badger. Silver ferret. Juggler and motley. Stars and sunbursts. Peacock and panther. Chevron and dagger. Black hood and blue beetle and green arrow. Wait a second. Those are all comics right there. <laughs> Ah, uh -huh. ah. I see you, George. I see you. For real, though, I had to point that out. I'm like, oh, you little nerd. You nerd. But last comes Gregor in gray plate steel on a bad-tempered stallion with Poliver, who's sporting Gendry's helm. Ew, take it off. Yeah, it's rude. Uh, and suddenly, it's rude, it's cruel. 
Arya thinks she made a mistake. I've made a huge mistake. As we talked a little about a huge, oh my God, Arrested Development. As we talked about last chapter, she should have killed these men. Why didn't she say Lord Tywin, she thinks. She decides, it's not too late to change my mind. And she runs out to find Jacken to tell him. But there's a commotion. A dozen people pass by the gates and shrieks of pain and fear are going on. Yeah, as you said, we already talked about like the decision of who to kill last episode. I won't go into it, so I just want to say no. Jacken is very efficient in these chapters, like almost like too efficient. Like imagine if Doran Martell's like plots for kill- getting revenge, <laughs> all those people were as efficient as Jacken Hagar in these chapters. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, he's like I'm trying very I'm much just trying to get my work done and then leave. Yeah. But then he, he goes a, above and beyond, though, truly. Employee of the month. Yeah. It's interesting because you see that beginning of how he acts next chapter that will... Mm-hmm. How he acts next chapter that we're going to kind of go through, B-word. He, he's playing the long game and playing the fast game, for sure. For sure. And we have this passage. Weiss was sprawled across the cobbles, his throat a red ruin. Oh, I love when he uses that. Eyes gaping sightlessly up at a bank of gray cloud. His ugly spotted dog stood on his chest, lapping at the blood pulsing from his neck. Jake wanted to die. And every so often, ripping a mouthful of flesh out of the dead man's face, finally someone brought a crossbow and shot the spotted dog dead while she was worrying at one of Weese's ears. Damnedest thing, she heard a man say. He had that bitch dog since she was a pup. This place is cursed, the man with the crossbow said. It's Harren's ghost. That's what it is, said goodwife Amabel. I'll not sleep here another night. I swear it. Arya lifted her gaze from the dead man and his dead dog. Shaq and Hagar was leaning up against the side of the wailing tower. When he saw her looking... He lifted a hand to his face and laid two fingers casually against his cheeks. I'm just like imagining it would be so funny if they had like peace signs in Westeros. Like imagine instead a scene where Jacken just looks across and goes peace at Arya <laughs> peace and pretends this is a very normal thing for him to do or like I don't know if he put it over his eyes like Sailor Moon style instead of ca- like subtly against his cheek. But he goes. <laughs> and that's what he did instead never running from a real fight i'm the larathi jack and hagar yeah exactly like hey that. we're coming back with that in november yeah maybe probably uh it, it's also you know when when does sailor moon cosmos i think it's coming around any time any any, any moment day now. now. Look under your chair. Any moment now. It. I really thought it would be internationally released already, but it is not. But I think it's close because ColourPop put out a new Sailor Moon collection. And I own it. Yeah. yeah. Any moment. You know, it's a little line there, right, of uh, the madness that came over Reese's dogs, who are described very cutely. Uh, it, it's basilisk blood, right? Because later we get a line about this with Arya in A Feast for Crows with the waif. This paste is spiced with basilisk blood. 
It will give cooked flesh a savory smell, but if eaten, it produces violent madness in beasts as well as men. A mouse will attack a lion after a taste of basilisk blood. Like, I think Gregor's maybe mainlining this, but maybe that's Gregor's whole thing. But this sounds like basilisk blood, which comes up again in Storm during the trial for Tyrion and Pycelle's like, I had basilisk blood and da 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 da. Yeah, I think it. I think it's bas- basilisk blood. I think that's kind of you know it's a little canon. And I also I I ne- didn't notice this till you read it out loud that a mouse will attack a lion after a taste of basilisk blood. That is you know you've got Weiss right who's serving the Lannisters right now. Therefore a lion and a mouse who's Arya. She thinks of herself as a mouse. This chapter attacking. Though I didn't know this until just now when I was looking at the origin of basilisks, which are you know legendary reptiles and in, in a uh, legends that is that is where they are mythology things like that it goes but they go back to like you know <laughs> ancient greece mentioned even by like pliny the elder which because this is also not only a food co- podcast but you know a subsection of that a beer podcast as well a booze podcast a booze podcast yes yes tuffleberry the brewer <laughs> um pliny the elder great beer anyways pliny the elder said that a basilisk's weakness is an odor of the weasel. Oh. Very interesting. I know her. Very random. The weasel. Very random yeah. that of all the things, the basses would be weak to weasels. I mean, of all people, George would absolutely reference Pliny the Elder, though. True, true. I'm serious. It's like... Let's be real. He's a nerd, like us. Yeah, that's why he's got his like little comics like squished in there. They they elaborated on it more, but it was something maybe like mongoose, mongoose. But, you mm-hmm. know, plural, mongoose. Yeah, the mongoose. Mongoose. Yeah. Um, just yeah. like meese. Meese and moose? Yeah, meese, the plural of goose. moose, yes. Agree. No, that's actually something I very strongly believe. Me too. Geese, meese. Yes. Yeah. These are the lessons you get on Girls Gone Canon. Grammar, bitch. Real grammar. Speaking of bitch. Sad they killed a dog. <laughs> No, 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 that's not nice. <laughs> yeah, though I don't know if like this is why they did it, but apparently, you know, first of all, that dog is wild and out. Maybe they thought it was like sick, but I think you do. You are supposed to kill animals once they develop a taste for human flesh, or if they've tasted it, because then they've developed a taste for it. I was like, oh, very interesting. But um, the dogs turning on their masters, big hound energy, especially at the end of this book. I love that. That comes together so nicely. <gasps> oh, you just did that. Yes. Aliana. It was for you. Wow. That's great. Dogs turning on their masters, and it ties in for Ramsay eventually with the hound who dies and Sandra Clegane comes back, mm-hmm. which will happen. No, I love that, though. Uh, yeah, the, the, the dog focus in Weiss, the fact that like the first death was like, oops, he's dead. And the third death is a little more complicated, but the second death is also more complicated. Yeah, that's true. Interesting to watch Jack and wield how he kills these people and what he decides is correct. Playing God. Yeah, actually, though. And why didn't we deserve to just fall from a pillar? Like, yeah, he sucks, but he also had a bad job with no support from corporate, as we just talked about. So, like, what made it so that we deserved to be killed by the dogs eating him? What was his last threat he made? The dogs eating Arya's eyes? I wonder if he thought like it had to be t- different, right? Because if this person also fell the same way Chiswick did, people are going to start getting suspicious mm-hmm. like, oh, it's kind of weird that people keep falling down, right? Like what happens with Theon? That's true. Yeah. 
in Winterfell. Beyond Durden. So it has to be it has to be different. It has to be different enough that people are like, oh, very weird, very interesting. But there's a part of it where you, you know, maybe he just like exercised some creative license. He's like, you know what'll really impress the kids? The dogs eating weiss. <sighs> Gross though. It is. My god. Gross. Well, Weiss is dead. And next chapter with B-Word is going to be a fucking literal killer chapter of oh, many yeah. people. Thanks yeah, to actually. Weasel Soup. Yeah. I'm kind of excited to talk Weasel Soup next chapter. It's a I food might make podcast. Some, uh, some soup of my own. Yeah, we're a food we're podcast. Food podcast. Uh, well, here we are. The end of Arya 8. We're getting to the end of The Clash of Kings. Oh my shit. Dude, we're like at the end of Cla- We're at the end of Clash again. How do we keep How doing do- this? They can't keep doing it. Someone has to we stop keep it. Doing it. They can't keep Against getting away all with it. Odds. Uh. And we do. And we do. Hey, we're really happy that you all have come up uh, along this journey with us. It's been what? Five fucking years, more than. Wow. And we're not stopping, never stopping. It's over for us. This is it. We're gonna be reading a swath till we die. Happy to die with ya. Thanks for listening. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Thanks for listening. I mean what I You said. can keep up with uh you know our life our expectancy deaths. by following us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash girls gone canon for as long as that URL still works. That's C-A-N-O-N. Uh, you can also <laughs> find us on Blue Sky at Girls Gone Canon. And of course you too can send us an email at girlsgonecanon at gmail.com. Yeah, get handy with that email may come in handy when we talk with Shiloh next true, week true, about true. the Sandman. And Eliana, I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment to talk about our friends at the Discord and at Patreon.com slash Girls Gone Canon. And when I call them friends, I fucking mean it because those motherfuckers sponsor our episodes. I'm for real when I say it. Every time we put an episode out, it's because of them. You don't have ads. You don't have to listen to asterisk, asterisk, redacted, redacted ads in the middle of your episodes. And it's because of these motherfuckers. So thank you, patrons. And I'm going to let them have their moment to tell you where you can find us online. Yeah, they remember so we don't have to. My God, we love them. You can catch Girls Gone Canon on any of the following streamers. On Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Audible, and Amazon Podcasts. You can also join us on Patreon, where if you join the Thunder tier or above, you have access to a Discord and monthly happy hours and things like that. And by joining the Discord, you get access to a bunch of great channels, including but not limited to memes and shit posting channel, Fashion Hour. There are multiple channels for historic materials, A Song of Ice and Fire. There's a Pets channel, which I think is probably the most important channel of all. Respectful Thirsting, because there's a channel for that. Come by, join the community. It's a lot of fun, and you won't regret it. Thank you again to those patrons who just told you why you should be and where you should be on the following spectrum with us. And shit. Another night with my best friend. Thanks, Eliana. My buddy. My buddy. Love ya. My buddy. And thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. 
next week with Shiloh, and then the week after that, we'll be back with Aria with B-Word from Kiss by Fire. Until then, I've been one of your hosts, Chloe. And I've been another one of your hosts, Eliana. See you soon. Goodbye. Or, well, I don't know. Chloe's just we'll dancing in soon. the background, so I was like, is she saying bye? Goodbye. She's just dancing goodbye. off. Yes, goodbye. <gasps> Come back. Goodbye. In November. <laughs> I'll always remember you in November. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.